Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Thursday. Lots to go through today because big stuff happening as it relates to the vaccine mandate. As we've talked to you before, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals had put put it on hold because they had ruled that the plaintiffs suing OSHA over their vaccine mandate had a high likelihood of winning and that they would be caused irreparable harm. Those are the two standards. So they paused the vaccine mandate from OSHA. So if we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, just yesterday, OSHA comes out and announces that they are suspending. They are suspending the vaccine enforcement. Now, remember, a couple weeks ago, actually, I think a little over a week ago, after the judge ordered them to stop, the White House came out and a White House press, press secretary, I don't think it was Saki, I think it was one of their, their fill-ins when she had COVID, you know, the triple vax COVID. Well, the press secretaries urged businesses to continue to move forward with the vaccine mandate anyway, in clear violation of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals order. Well, now OSHA has realized that you can't do that. You can't promise not to enforce it and still encourage encourage businesses to roll it out anyway. So OSHA has suspended the enforcement. Now, this is a big deal because obviously it's it's good news. We can celebrate good news, but it's not a complete win because the court could rule in Biden's favor, right? That's always entirely possible. The left could pass legislation through Congress to make this legal. That's always a risk. Or Biden could just do it anyway, which is why the facts blast that we're running today it'll be launching after we get off the air for the morning episode is for Congress to pass a congressional review act resolution. This is something we've talked about on the show for a while. There are now over a hundred Republicans signed onto it. That's a big deal. All 50 Republicans in the Senate. And I believe at least 50 Republicans in the house are going to challenge the legality and constitutionality of Biden's OSHA vaccine mandate. And as we've covered on the podcast before, when a congressional review act resolution is passed, it revokes an executive order, an executive action, executive regulation. It revokes it. It it strips it from the federal register and it makes it illegal for the federal government ever to try to do it again. It's a big thing. And unlike normal legislation that requires 60 votes in the Senate to pass, well, at least for cloture, a Congressional Review Act uh, resolution only requires a simple majority. So that's 51 votes in the Senate and just one vote more than 50% in the House. It, it changes. Sometimes people are absent. Usually it's it's 218. So this is doable, right? As I said, we already have 50 votes in the Senate. We only would need, if, if every Republican signed on in the House, which I don't think it's a, a sure thing, you're going to have Kinzinger and you're going to have Cheney vote with the Democrats on everything. But you'd only need about five Democrats to sign on in the House. And you could revoke this vaccine mandate from OSHA permanently forever osha can never do it again so we're going to be running that fast blast after the podcast ends this morning we can take this down mr producer what's terrifying though is that the way that joe biden has designed this osha mandate he's designed it so that businesses are ultimately the ones enforcing it so big businesses that have already started rolling this out aren't stopping even though the fifth circuit court of appeals had said no pump the brakes, likely illegal and unconstitutional, even though OSHA has said, yeah, we're not going to enforce it. The big businesses that used OSHA's regulation or even upcoming regulation, because many of these vaccine mandates were put into effect before OSHA had even put pen to paper. The big businesses are rolling it out anyway. They're, they're, they're not stopping. They're going to keep doing it. And this is this is the evil genius of the way that this vaccine mandate was actually designed. You see, once you give big business cover, realize big business, they didn't actually need Biden to force them to implement vaccine mandates. 
they could have done it on their own. They used Biden's big speech, his executive action, whatever, as an excuse. Say, oh, well, we, we really didn't want to do this, but the federal government's forcing us, am I right? Well, now the federal government's not forcing them. Notice that none of these big businesses are actually reversing course. None of these big businesses are saying, oh, yep, sorry, we forgot. <laughs> we, we were not allowed to do this. No, they're, they're going forward anyway. They're going forward anyway. And this does not apply to the other parts, the other parts of the executive order, uh, of, of Biden's executive actions dealing with healthcare workers. They're still required to. They don't fall under the OSHA mandate. And the military, the military vaccine mandate is still moving forward. If we go back to my screen, Mr. Producer, the Navy, the Navy now says 5%. I don't know if I buy this. I have a feeling that some of, some of the Navy submitted fake cards because the number we've been hearing is a lot higher. But they're saying 5% are not fully vaccinated. It just so happens that the 5% tend to be the most heavily trained. Talk about Navy SEALs. You're talking about intelligence officers. The, the ones that the Navy has put a lot of money into training. So 5% of the Navy is currently unvaccinated, un, not fully vaccinated, which, again, they keep moving the goalposts. Because CDC just announced that the term fully vaccinated now requires three shots. Right? So they just keep moving the goalposts. They haven't even finished with this mandate and they're already moving the goalposts. So technically, technically, no, very few people in the Navy are fully vaccinated, but they're, they haven't caught on to that one yet. 95% don't have two shots. So on November 28th, the Navy has announced that they will begin kicking out sailors, seals, kicking out anyone who isn't fully vaccinated and kick them out. Even though, every, even though when the, the basis of the mandate, the, I mean, the OSHA mandate, it's a different part of the government, but it's still the same basic premise. The government forcing you to get vaccinated, to inject something into your body. Now I get it. The military is a little different. Anyone who's been in the military knows after, after you get your head shaved, they stick you with God knows how many needles. And it's just, it's part of it. If you want in the military, this is how it goes. This one's a little different, though, because of how rushed it is and how unnecessary it is. We can take this down. So the Navy is the first one. Air Force is also going to be getting, removing people. The Marines, I, I just checked. The Marines still, I don't think, have, have honored a single religious exemption. The Navy is denying all the religious exemptions. Army's coming down the pike. They're doing the same. Listen, it, we asked, what is the civil war going to be over? And I, I, keep, I, I was talking to people at the, uh, at the Reawaken America tour event in San Antonio, asking, what's the galvanizing event going to be? Obviously, in the, in the, the 1770s, it was taxation, right? That, that pissed people off. Even if it was just a couple pence tax on tea, on paper products, it was enough to get people to rebel against the most powerful military in the world. What is our galvanizing moment? Is it this? It should have been this. It should have been any number of things over the past year and a half. It feels, I mean, the galvanizing moment should have been when the official numbers said 40% of the military was unvaxxed and they were fighting back. But they just keep pressing, they just keep pushing. And, and that's their whole goal. It's divide and conquer. Their goal is to divide us and then conquer us and they know that every week they can get more, more people vaccinated, forced into more people. And eventually there won't be enough people to rebel against it. And I, I've said this on the podcast before with Joe. I'm not, I'm not, I have no, I don't have an itchy trigger finger. Anyone who watches long enough knows I have a, I have a, a almost four. He's almost four years old. Wow. It's crazy. I have one son that's almost four. Another son, son that just turned one. I have no desire to run off to war. I want, I want to hang around with my kids and, and watch them grow up. But it, it's it's something that we see ourselves <laughs> every day being pushed into. And regardless of what the media says, conservatives don't want this. Now, again, there, there's probably some who want it, some who would love it. But <laughs> that's majority of us do not. We want nothing to do with this. We want to be left alone. That's basically, we want to be left alone. We want a government that protects our rights, not abuses them. And then we just can't get it. We, we're not allowed to have that. So we are closer every single day to a civil war than we were the day previously. And it's unfortunate. It really is. It's heartbreaking.
But no, the vaccine mandate now is paused. I mean, sort of. OSHA will not enforce it, but they still kind of force. <laughs> Look at it this way. When OSHA forces businesses to, vac- to have vaccinated employees, and then the businesses force their employees to vaccinate, and they all got one shot, it's been enforced. I mean, this is why you, we need faster action. I, I, I applaud the Fifth Circuit for doing what doing what was right. I hear the Sixth Circuit is also taking up this issue. If, they're, if they disagree, that will probably fast track it to the Supreme Court and get a nationwide ruling, but that's equally terrifying. That's equally terrifying because if if a majority of the Supreme Court justices decide, no, yep, this is fine, then it's done. The fight's over. Do you guys see what's happening in in Oklahoma? This is amazing. I'm, I'm going to pull up um, the Oklahoma National Guard. Apparently, the, the general in charge of it changed hands, so they replaced the general. A new general got in. And he is flat out refusing to enforce the vaccine mandate for the Oklahoma National Guard. Again, every day I live in Texas, my neighbors say, don't go to Oklahoma. Every day I'm here, Oklahoma looks a little bit better. So the Oklahoma National Guard is not going to enforce the mandate. So if we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, the latest threat from the Pentagon, the Pentagon's threatening to downgrade the Oklahoma National Guard to a, quote, state militia, end quote, unless it complies with the vaccine mandate. Please, I can't get any more excited. <laughs> like they're acting like this is like this should make us stare scared. Like, no, go for it. That's your threat. That's the punishment. Go for it. Now it gets a little bit more complicated than that. Obviously, if Oklahoma's National Guard was downgraded to a militia, everyone who was in Oklahoma's National Guard and trying to put in their years so they could get retirement benefits, VA benefits, um, they would lose it because they'd no longer be in the United States military. So there's lots of complications here. And the Pentagon saying, fine, you can be a militia, but if you send anyone to training, to federal uh, guard weekend trainings, they have to be vaccinated. If they don't go, then they lose their benefits. So they're playing hardball with it. But I I would love to see, if if we could work out all those specifics, I would love to see Oklahoma, Texas, Florida have state militias instead of, uh, of National Guard. Because if you actually look in the Constitution, you'll find that the word militia, I believe the word militia is, is used like three, four, five times. I mean, once is, is in the Second Amendment, but it's, it's used like three, four, five times. The na- word National Guard is not found once. So th- they act like this is going to make us scared. This just gets me excited. I, yeah, go, let's go for it. Let's go for it. The Oklahoma State Militia. Hell, even if they, even if they don't do it, we should just make state militias anyway. They aren't under federal control. We can go ahead and take down my screen, Mr. Producer. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Now there's, there's, there's lots going on and this vaccine mandate, it, it's, it's dividing. It, as I said, it's all about divide and conquer, obviously. And every time that they force someone to get vaccinated, it moves one person from the one side to the other. And it gives the resistance side less people to fight back with. That's their ultimate goal. That's always been their ultimate goal. So we're going to play a couple cuts because one of the leaders in fighting back against this is Ron DeSantis. And he's one of the governors who filed a lawsuit. I believe that not the Fifth Circuit. I think theirs is one of the other cases. But they're celebrating OSHA pausing it. Let's go ahead and listen to what DeSantis had to say. Let's play cut number one. 
to do this going forward. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, it's going to get more restrictive. There's going to be more power brought to bear uh, going forward if we don't stand up now um, and, and fight back. I just think people are so sick of constantly being bossed around, restricted, mandated, all these different things. Uh, we've had enough of it, and we want people to be able to make their own decisions. And so, so it is important to stand up for people's individual ability uh, to make decisions uh, for themselves. Uh, I also think it's just the constitutionality is very significant, the individual freedom very significant. But put those even aside, what's the practical result of this? The practical result of this is this going to exacerbate a lot of the existing problems that we're seeing with the economy, particularly as it relates to the supply chain, the ability to get goods to market. This is not going to help uh, the inflation that we've seen in the economy. I could tell you that is definitely not going to help uh, making sure that, that the, the shelves are stocked in stores around this country. If you just take a very small fraction of, say, truckers and that so DeSantis leading the fight. And if we go to my screen, Mr. Producer, really funny, today he's going to be signing legislation um, expanding exemptions and limiting vaccine mandate enforcement. And he's going to the city of Brandon, Florida to sign it. He's trolling President Biden, obviously, hearkening to, back to let's go, Brandon. He's decided to sign this anti-vaccine mandate legislation in Brandon, Florida, which I think is hilarious. And that's what's great about Ron DeSantis. Obviously, he's a conservative. He, he, he knows what he's talking about. He isn't just reading talking points. He actually believes what he's talking about, and you can tell. But he also has a sense of humor, which is something that really helped Trump cut through, I don't know, the, the robotic, the robotic uh, Republican primary in 2015, 2016. Like, you remember when Mar I used to love Marco Rubio. I thought Marco Rubio was, was decent. Then we realized just how much of a rhino he is. And you remember that? Uh, we don't have a clip for it. I was just remembering, as, as I'm talking about cutting through the robotic rhinos with, with Trump's sense of humor, there was a moment in one of the debates where Marco Rubio literally just repeated himself, I think two or three times, because he was so stuck to talking points, he couldn't actually just talk, speak from the heart. That's what Ron DeSantis does so well. Obviously, he knows conservatism. He, he believes in conservatism, and he has that sense of humor to go and sign anti-vaccine mandate legislation in Brandon, Florida. So you got to love that. You do got to love that. So there was a hearing in Congress. They want to force all the military to get vaccinated, and they seem to be doing it. They want to force all health officials to get vaccinated. They want to force all businesses. And as we've talked about on the show before, OSHA in their mandate, why it's incredibly unconstitutional, they added it to the Federal Register and basically said, well, we can edit this at any time. We can lower the threshold from 100 employees per business down to 10, 5, 2 if we want. They literally seized for themselves the power to force everyone who earns a paycheck in this country to get vaccinated. The question is, though, why aren't they applying the vaccine mandate to illegal aliens? Now, we, we know from the Biden administration's new regulations, if you want to come into the country legally, you have to be vaccinated from many of these countries. And, and or depending, um, you have to have a, a negative test. So countries that don't have access to vaccines or whatever, they let them do a negative test. But the majority of them have to be vaccinated. So if you want to fly into the United States from Central America, you got to show you've been vaccinated. If you want to walk across the Rio Grande, wade across the Rio Grande and come illegally, there's no requirement at all. And you'll notice that there has not been a single effort within the Biden administration to force or even encourage illegal aliens to get vaccinated. This is something I've talked about a while for a while. They've bought so many hundreds of millions of doses, more doses than people in the United States. You would think that they'd offer it if they truly believe that this is a great thing, they, they'd offer it to the illegal aliens. I mean, I've, I've been in grocery stores before here in Texas where it's very obvious that people drove across the border from Mexico to get vaccinated. So we're already giving vaccines to foreign nationals. Why hasn't the Biden administration even offered it to illegal aliens? Mandate, if they're going to mandate it for Americans, they should mandate it for illegal aliens, but they haven't even offered it. And this was asked of DHS Secretary, I believe, Mayorkas. 
yesterday in Congress, and he just said, well, illegals, they're different. Let's play cut number two, Mr. Producer. Now, we've got a president who's implementing a national mandate for vaccines for any employers over 100 employees and all federal employees. Why shouldn't we mandate that somebody who comes across the border illegally shouldn't be vaccinated or that's a reason for expulsion under well, Title 42 or any other law? Uh, um, Senator, um, uh, the analysis for um, uh, migrants encountered at the border is quite different uh, than for uh, the federal workforce that leads by example. How is it very different? How, no, how is it very different? Because they're forcing federal workers who work from home to get vaccinated. Federal contractors who never step foot in an office, they work from home, they have to be vaccinated. But they say it's a different story for illegal aliens who've just walked through country after country after country, lived in migrant shanty villages, shanty towns, camps, and then are hopping on public transportation, not just like a direct flight. They're literally putting illegal aliens on trips around the country, like planes, trains, and automobiles. They're getting on buses, then they're getting on planes, and then they're getting on trains. They're literally going through public transportation. And we know, we know that a large percentage of the illegal alien uh, illegal aliens that have been apprehended have tested positive for COVID-19. I think in one Texas town, it was looking at like a quarter. I mean, that's a, it, insane. And those are just illegal aliens that were going through the town in bus terminals. They were doing testing. We know that illegal aliens are coming across COVID positive. We know that. So how is it in the government's purview to force a federal contractor working at home all alone to inject something into their body, but it's not within the federal government's purview to take an illegal alien who's going to be going planes, trains, and automobiles going around the country to force them? Well, no, because it's the same reason they're not forcing the vaccine on Americans who are on welfare. I mean, what? <laughs> I don't want any mandate. But let, let's actually break down the mandate and talk about who they're forcing to get vaccinated. The military, because they don't want any free thinkers. Healthcare organizations, because they don't want any free thinkers. And businesses, large businesses and federal contractors, federal employees, because again, they don't want any free thinkers. They are quite literally trying to purge the government of free thinking conservatives. And it's working. It is, it is working. So why aren't they going after illegal ants? Because that's not their man. That's not their goal. They 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 couldn't care less. Why aren't they making vaccine mandates a condition of welfare receipts? I don't know. They you'd think if they were about mandating the vaccine, they would. I mean, let, let's build the argument. Build the argument for the left. And again, I don't want any vaccine mandate. But if we're gonna make, if we're gonna <laughs> mandate the hardworking Americans do it, then we should mandate that welfare recipients do it. So when you are on food stamps, as an example, you receive federal funding and then you use those food stamps to go in person into stores, leading to the potential of you exposing others to a deadly virus. Therefore, if you're going to receive food stamps and use food stamps, you must be vaccinated. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a silly argument, but it isn't any sillier than forcing work from home contractors to inject something into their body. It's not all that different. But no, you won't see it. You will not see the federal government mandate the vaccine for welfare recipients. You will not see the federal government mandate vaccine for Medicaid. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're forcing Medicare funding recipients, like hospitals, if you're forcing the hospitals that receive Medicare or Medicaid funding to vaccinate, that's essentially the power that they're using to force um, healthcare institutions to vaccinate their staff, then why wouldn't you also want to apply the vaccine mandate to the users of Medicare and Medicaid? If the goal is to not introduce COVID-19 into hospitals, which again, I think it's, it's literally cutting something with a hatchet when you, when you really should be using a scalpel, why aren't the mandates applied to the actual patients? Say, oh, well, Medicare, Medicare won't uh, reimburse you unless you get vaccinated. Medicaid won't reimburse you unless you get vaccinated. You see, if we're, if we're talking about true despotism, the tyranny of forcing everyone, forcing everyone to get vaccinated, you think that they would go with that. You think that they would, would, would lead with that first, but no. 
like so many other Democrat policies, it's about picking winners and losers. Help, <laughs> Obamacare, winners and losers. Lots of people benefited. Yeah. Yeah, they, they got free or, or heavily subsidized health care. Lots of us self-employed Americans, we're paying more for health insurance now than we were before because we're the losers and Democrats pick the winners. Same deal here. Same deal here. If you work hard, you're punished. If you don't, you're not. Can I take a, a minute to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by MyPillow. Our friends at MyPill need your help. They need your support. Mike Lindell has been canceled everywhere, pretty much everywhere. And he really does need your help, not only to keep the employees at MyPillow employed, but also for all of his fights with election fraud and things like that. So go over to MyPillow and support this great man, this great American company, and use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 21 and you'll get up to 66% off on your order. It's the best promo code they have available. So again, that is MyPillow.com. Use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 21 and get up to 66% off. So we're going to be joined in a minute by our resident expert in vaccine mandates, Jake. Mr. Producer, can we bring Jake on? He's coming in. We, uh, we would he's coming respond, in. so he's coming in soon. All right. We will shortly be joined by resident vaccine mandate expert, Jake. Going to walk us through some of the things. He's been looking at a lot of internet searches, too. <laughs> Surprising no one, Google searches for sudden death are skyrocketing, skyrocketing. People all over the world are literally trying to figure out why someone would just suddenly die. So we're going to talk about that a little bit too, because it really is, <laughs> it really is crazy. So he'll, he'll be joining us in just a second. So why don't we put up image number three, Mr. Producer. This is something that's equally terrifying. The FDA is now asking a federal court to let them wait 55 years before they would have to fully release the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine safety data. Let me say this again. The FDA, on behalf of Pfizer, is asking a federal judge to allow them to keep the Pfizer vaccine safety data a secret for 55 years. If you, if you are waiting for evidence that this is all rigged, here's your sign. Who does the FDA work for again? Do they work for us? Do they work for Pfizer? I mean, <laughs> we literally have FDA officials voting and saying, well, we really don't know if it's safe to give the vaccine to children, but we have to stick it in their arms in order to find out. Now, in the very next breath, the FDA is saying, well, we're not going to let you know what we found out for another 55 years. 55 years. That's, that's awfully specific. I wonder if there's not a statute of limitations that has to do that. Well, usually a statute of limitations, if there is one, it's like five to 10 years. 55 is strangely specific. But it probably, I mean, 55 years would put everyone who's already got, almost everyone who's already gotten the vaccine past the life expectancy. So if, if you wanted to wait until everyone harmed by a drug has already died, that's a pretty good number to start with. 55 years. Bringing on Jake, resident vaccine mandate expert. Jake, what do you think about Pfizer? asking a judge to let them keep the vaccine safety information a secret for 55 years. <laughs> it sounds like a conflict of interest. I, I, I don't know. Did you talk about the, uh, uh, the, the militia states becoming militias now? Yeah. I think that's yep. more concerning. We'll about that. That's That's fantastic. Well, no. well, yeah. What I says, I can't it's like get Christmas came early. Right? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, d d please don't. <laughs> yeah. I, what did I do to deserve this? Like, so why are you giving me presents? That's just <laughs> Oklahoma. We'll see what you know. What 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 goes? I, I'm going to say Southeast goes next with with some of these. But it's, well, there uh, are there are there are complications to it because obviously you have people who have joined up in the National Guard after Army service and they need a certain number of years in the Guard in order to be able to become retirees, not just veterans retirees, so they'd have benefits, VA benefits, things like that. If they become a militia, the federal government's saying that they're going to play hardball 
and not count that service towards their actual retirement because the federal government won't let them participate in the weekend guard like drilling unless they're vaccinated and you can't get time unless you participate in the weekend drills. Yeah, but it it also sounds like a a much harder line that they're making the claim that you are not uh, affiliated with the U.S. government at this point. You are you are uh, you are potentially if you do not comply, if you do not take this, you know, uh, stance, if you take the stance lightly, uh, what we can then do is just declare you an enemy of the state. And it's I mean, from a bigger picture level, it's almost as if they're prepping to force civil conflict between the states it's it's like you know they the idea of secession when the states bring up the idea of secession it's like yeah no that could never happen but now they're like they're they're setting the playing field for the states to have no other option it's just it's a disaster well the crazy thing is you look in the constitution i had said somewhere between three and five it's right in the middle four times in the u.s constitution you will find the word militia you will not find the words National Guard anywhere. So we should already have state militias. I mean, the National Guard, obviously, there's there's federal components. They can be activated. But we should have federal militias anyway. And they've kind of transformed the National Guard into this into the state militias. And uh, we should have always had two. But, uh, yeah, that's 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 the news from Oklahoma. And, and they're doing this, Jake, over 10%. They say that 10% of their guardsmen are not vaccinated, and that is enough. Which is great. I mean, <clears throat> well, it's more so have seen them saying ten percent is no big deal, but they're actually fighting for the ten percent. It was more so the 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 head of the state's national guard saying he won't hold them accountable or hold them, you know, to be accountable for a mandatory vaccination that it's their choice. So I don't know if it's even so much the percentage point. I think it's just the stance of you know a, a state level. Uh, you know, department or whatever you want to call it, saying, yeah, no, that's not our call. It's a personal call. I think that's that's the precedent they're trying to stomp down on here is that, no, the states do not have rights, just as we've been seeing with this election-related stuff, you know, the raid in Colorado, that they're really trying to nationalize the whole and push out and crush out whoever doesn't follow along with it. Oh, no, it's, it's completely true. I was watching some of the streams last night in Kenosha. There were so many feds there, you'd think that the school board was meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh and 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 they've, you know, that's that's the ultimate the ultimate goal is flushing out the ideology, flushing out, you know, it's it's creating the one group think. And that's you're just going to see more and more drastic plays like this taking place uh across I think all different types of agencies where they're, you know, they're squeezing the juice out of a lemon, opposing ideologies, and the, and they're running out of juice, you know, so they got, they're squeezing harder and harder and harder, and what they'll be needing to get to, to, you know, the ultimate vision of nationalizing everything, you know, they, they want to be able to nationalize uh, all components of fire departments, police departments, it's, it's the idea of a, a, a one, one think uh, party line, one think you know, whoever's left over is it's complete, uh, you know, compliance or non-compliance. Get rid of the non-compliance. And so we're going to see this popping up all over the place and, you know, getting and, you know, the whole thing's falling apart now that, the you know, they, they've had the, the hold put on the OSHA mandate. So it's it's but it's the businesses really, are still enforcing it. Yeah, the businesses are still enforcing it. It's really leading to a nasty standoff um, in, in, in a variety of, of sectors and 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 consequences that you know the, the they are, they can't get everyone on board for their absurd narrative and their absurd mandates and actions and so it's it's kind of the administration's kind of looking like the dutch girl with her finger in the dam and the you know the holes breaking and you know another hole opens up so she you know run, you they're running out of fingers and it's hard to hard to make a hard sell on someone when well your whole thing's falling apart so yeah you, you no, know it's interesting it, it, it is I, I don't know if you looked into this. Um, Josh and I did something on this yesterday, but uh, the, the search trends and uh, on the subject of Oklahoma. Yeah, sudden death. Sudden death and died suddenly. And I, I have some screenshots on my phone, and it's, it's pretty disturbing, actually, because uh, Josh and I went through Google Trends, and 
we were searching different terms, uh, myocarditis, you know, myocarditis vaccine, and everything that came up for those trends, Google says, sorry, there's not enough data to give you essentially an, an uh, analytics to it. But then you start looking up more, you know, vague phrases like died suddenly, you know, it's a and they, pretty... and they changed it. I'm on it now. I'm on it now. It used to be that they showed you the dotted trend line and it's just going straight up. They've then, actually changed it now so that it doesn't look like anything's changed. So on the first, I don't know if it's, if it's changed since, um, since we were looking at it last night, but the headlines are, I mean, it's really terrifying. First one, and it, it's not a matter of like four to five weeks, you know, months of headlines. The, the spread was about a few hours to a week. And I got six pages in on Google for, uh, which what was the term? Died suddenly. Died suddenly. Yeah. And it's just headline after headline. And they're all not people that you'd expect to be dying suddenly. Well, and there's like a soccer star, uh, a bunch of uh, public official or, you know, government type jobs, you know, sheriffs, ambulance, firefighter, police chief, all of these people that were, you know, forced to go get a vaccine to keep the job. And one would assume that if they're dying suddenly now, they most likely had the vaccine. And there's another guy who's traveling, traveling, uh, businessman dies suddenly while traveling. And so he's traveling, you know, I'm assuming he's, you know, traveling outside yeah. the country and probably have the, so it's, it's really, really kind of terrifying how, how frequent. Well, uh, here it is up on the screen. Yeah. Here it is up on the screen for died suddenly search terms dating all the way back to 2004. You see, it has increased steadily over the years, but you look right here at the projections of where they expect that this will go by the end of this month or whatever. It's shooting straight up. And what, what it's about so thirty days window on that, so it's not like you know, it's not like Kim Kardashian breaking the internet. That, yeah, this is know. November. This it, is November. It, it's a yeah, but it, it's it's what is that accumulating the past thirty days or or it's this a projection is, is based expect, on current. So November is not over. So this is what they expect November to be. They're saying that more people have searched for the term "died suddenly" in November than ever before. That's how this works. One hundred percent is the most that anyone's ever searched for it. Right. That's so it's absurd. all relative. So it, it can't go any higher than that because it's already the most it's, ever. It's already maxed it by that's far. Incredible. So that's that. You look at myocarditis. Myocarditis is up there, too. The most ever was in June of 2021. And now we're almost back at it. Ninety four percent. So we're six percent away from from reaching the most people ever searching for myocarditis. Now, check check out if uh, if you look. Uh, the vaccine, Pfizer, like Pfizer vaccine myocarditis, or or something of that, you know, three three wording. Then it go, if you go down and that the bottom, red one's pericarditis. Pericarditis has a, has a little bit of a jump, but not as big. Right. So they're it's, not, it's not they're the not one everyone's talking about. They're not hammering or throttling vagueness. But if you go specifics, like Pfizer vaccine uh, car, uh, myocarditis, it will then say something to the extent of there's not enough data. Which I find very hard to believe. Scroll, scroll down. Oh, there is enough data. Let's re let's remove the other two. It's kind of skewing it. They're basically saying, oh no, they're saying that over time, in June, more people than ever before were searching for Pfizer vaccine. There was another analytics. An there was another analytics down the page, lower down the page, that was just. Uh, I forget what uh, Josh was showing me this. Uh, Connecticut. Connecticut, Connecticut is the state that is searching for the vaccine side effects the most. Well, they, they have a huge healthcare. They have a huge healthcare industry. There's uh, yeah. Connecticut has a, a, a lot of. Uh, oh yeah, no. Big, Stanford big... used to have Stanford used to have more PhDs per capita than any any other city. I don't know if they still do. Well, it's probably but, uh, it's probably uh, healthcare employees searching. You know, looking looking doing due diligence to see if you know they're going to keep their job or not. But a lot of big headquarters are over there. Died suddenly. More hmm. people are searching for died suddenly than so, ever uh, before. It's not even close. But there, yeah. it's just like there's a soccer star. He's like 22 years old. Uh, you know, the image of health. Uh, and and there's a, some kid who's 20. I mean, like young young people. 
and they're just like, you know, it's like, it's like a committed suicide. But you know, he, uh, you know, someone shot him in the back of the head three times. It's it's, it's just this absurdity yeah, yeah. of of yeah. We'll just you know, twenty two year old, he just died. You know, uh, next move on, and uh, it should be interesting as we start you know heading into uh, the winter. What they start, you know, is it going to be flu related? Are they going to say it's? They've it's also related? CDC has also stopped reporting on hospitalizations. They have not released hospitalization metrics since August. So they've not reported on vaccinated or unvaccinated on on how many people with a percentage, the rate per 100,000 that have been hospitalized with COVID-19 since August. One of the reasons being you have a state like Vermont where I, I think they were in the 90 percentile, somewhere in the 90s for either having one shot or two shots. And they have the highest hospitalization rate in the country. Yeah, that's that's so a they've just stopped reporting the numbers. That, that's a correlation that I don't understand how a basic you know person that's not into you know really digging through this stuff like we are or the audience is, where people don't start going, hmm, something's a little off. You know, something uh, you know like Israel. Israel's one of the highest vaccine. You know, so so vaccinations are through the roof. Yet now everyone in those areas are getting sick and they're being the highest hospitalizations. So you start to wonder, you know, are these people, uh, that are, you know, the new COVID vac, uh, the new COVID hospitalizations, are they being hospital? Like it, I, I was discussing this with Josh, you get a vaccine, right? Two weeks into it, you probably have some kind of immunity developing, you know, your body is fighting off, you know, the immune response and developing immunity to it. Yeah. And so, First thing you do, if you get sick, you go to a hospital, right? And so what does the hospital do? Do they take your info? And they probably test you for COVID immediately, right? You're yeah. going into a hospital. They probably test if, you for COVID immediately. If you're immediately. presenting symptoms, yeah. Probably even not, actually. Probably just, just going in if they're going to put you in Well, beds. if you're going to be admitted. If you're going to be admitted. Gonna be admitted they, they force you to test, yeah. Yeah, so you take the test and... First of all, one, they just recalled tens of millions of tests because they were false positives. And now false positive would be, you've, you know, you're developing the immunity. Anything in your system that's COVID-related, you know, you just got the vaccine. There's particulates floating in your body. Um, so, you know, when it comes to these, these numbers, when they're saying, you know, vast amount of hospitalizations with covid how many like where again i think this is where they're sneaking around the fact that a bunch of these yeah. might actually be the result of the vaccine and probably well, there's part this of case why they're there's done reporting barnstable it. county barnstable county massachusetts this was from earlier in the summer they had a huge outbreak which really made everyone scratch their heads because at that point like 65 percent of the county was already fully vaccinated and what they found was 74% of the people who were involved in this outbreak who were not only COVID positive, but symptomatic, 74% had been fully vaccinated. So this got memory hold. They, they, they threw this, and then you find this is on the CDC site. If you, if you search Barnstable County outbreak, it'll, it'll lead you here. But this is something that we've known. I mean, this, this was published in August and we knew about it earlier in July. We've known about this for a long time. And yet they keep pushing it. They keep mandating it. We know that it does produce an immune response. We know it. The problem is it can also kill you. And the immune response doesn't last that long. So their solution, instead of taking it back to formula and trying to figure out what went wrong, their solution is just let's pump more of it into people, which is why you're seeing sudden death skyrocketing in the Google search results. We can take that down, Mr. Producer. Pretty terrifying. Yeah, you know, we're we're heading to now they're they're moving the goalposts on on what it means to be fully vaccinated. Now it's uh secondary uh, I think they're moving to make you know open-ended for the amount of boosters they can say to to make you fully vaccinated and it yeah. uh, should be an interesting winter. You know, you 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 start seeing I, and I only I only started looking into this 2 days ago with the search history stuff and you know, how many for the past three, four weeks, how many people, you know, were these articles, you know, that's a very quick news cycle when it comes to the algorithm with Google of like local obituaries and stuff like that. It, it fades out yeah. very quickly. And, and in fairness, 
some of the search volume is people like us saying, oh, right. I hear I hear that. <laughs> like, if you tell everyone, go search for sudden death. Right. Like, just to see how many there are, that pumps up the search volume for sudden, de sudden death a little right. bit, right? It, some of just, that is there. It's so widespread when it comes to, uh, I think what's more concerning is, is the age groups, you know, that they are, you know, they're relatively middle-aged to younger age, uh, healthy individuals just dropping. Yet they, they'll offer no explanation to it. So I think that's the more concerning part is, yeah, you can send an influx of people to go look at this stuff, but when you start to actually get, when you get yeah. six, seven pages deep into the actual news of, of that on Google and it's within like a week's time frame, and it's nationwide, it's a uh, little, uh, little disturbing. We'll put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is a, a tweet that's been going viral from a, a nurse named Sarah. And she writes, yesterday, for the first time in my career, I took care of an eight-year-old little boy with myocarditis in the ER. It has begun. Kids don't usually get myocarditis. I mean, it's very, very rare. It's inflammation of the heart tissue. Pericarditis is another kind. It's inflammation in a different area of the heart. Um, these are very rare conditions. Very rare conditions that did affect, do affect some people, but typically you don't see them. It's one of those things that you could go your whole career in medicine and never actually see a child dealing with myocarditis. And now it is happening in all of these different hospitals, all these different emergency rooms. It's to the point where Pfizer has actually included in their vaccines a blood thinner for children. In in, in the in the, co yeah. the the COVID vaccine. They're, 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 they've added agents, like different parts of the formula to, to that's, yeah. That's absurd. There, there are two studies uh, out of Korea and they're on uh, they're on the uh, National Library of Medicine uh, PubMed.gov. They're they're sleepers. You can't you know you, unless you're really. I mean the 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 title itself is like 30, 30 words. But the study is talking about the uh, the risk of it uh, in in twenty year olds. Like there's a, a case study of a twenty two year old, and it goes through that the doctors in Korea have said that this specific twenty two year old, this twenty two year old, died because of uh, mRNA COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis. And you start reading what happened uh, and how it, it's not just like, it's not, it's not like an allergy and an inflammation response. If, you know, when you say inflammation of the heart and- It's, it's, it's dead heart tissue. Right. It dies. Uh, well, inflammation, you know, the, it, it sounds, it almost sounds less harmful than the reality of it. And yeah, they're talking about um, necrotized uh, like mu muscle cells. Yeah. It's not just like you dead know, heart you, muscle. You twist it. Yeah, so it's actually you know I'm not a doctor, but uh, mRNA is 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 uh, some kind of uh, like gene therapy, right? It's it's uh, a gene a gene. All, the, the vaccine is supposed to alter the DNA of some structure in your body, and now you're talking about. Uh, what cancer is a tumor, right? Cancer, or, or a tumor is a a cell that has been mutated, a, a, a gene that has been mutated, and the cell is failing to replicate correctly, and it mutates, and then you form a tumor, and essentially it's a leads to the death of the the individual if not stopped. Yeah, and it's we it's don't a, know we don't know if it's if it we don't know if it's mRNA caused or if it's just the spike protein itself. Because obviously they've they've tried to reproduce the spike protein from COVID nineteen and and myocarditis is one of the possible symptoms of COVID nineteen. It, it can stem from COVID nineteen, just like blood clots. You can get blood clots after COVID nineteen. We can get blood clots after the J and J vaccine too, or after any of these. So we don't know if it's mRNA caused or if it's just the the insertion of the spike protein into so many people, like amplifying what could have been an albeit rare complication from COVID-19, amplifying the numbers because you are forcibly injecting into so many people. But myocard the, the myocarditis, it, it deals with uh, what's the myocardium. It's the part of the heart that actually pumps the blood. It, it's the muscle that squeezes to push the blood out. And then when it relaxes, it, it allows the blood to go back in. When that heart muscle dies, it doesn't regenerate. I mean, we're not, it, it's done. So there really is no such thing as a case of mild myocarditis. There is myocarditis that doesn't get, like, revealed. You don't get it's hospitalized. It's, it's, it's permanent damage. Yeah, I mean, it, it is possible to have some inflammation. 
it's possible to have some inflammation that doesn't lead to permanent damage. But when you have an inflamed heart and you have heart tissue die, that's it. It doesn't, it doesn't get back. And you're going to live with that for the rest of your life. I mean, just like you're going to live with clotting risks with, with the vaccine, especially with the J&J vaccine, which is why so many pilots are against the idea of getting vaccinated. Because when you go up and down in altitude so many times and you're sitting down, you're not moving around, you have an increased risk of blood clots. It's like scuba diving. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, it, it's, it really is. I didn't know the part about the, the blood thinners in, in the vaccines for children, you know, and this was yeah. another scenario. And they've approved for the first time ever. They've approved for the first time ever blood thinners for children. Came out just this summer. Never before in our, in our history have we ever worried about giving blood thinners to children. We've kind of like mixed up the doses for adults if it was like a real emergency. But now they're actually approved to give blood thinners to children. That's incredible. You know, I pose this other, uh, you know, scenario to Josh that, you know, much of this was pushed upon the people via some, you know, impending doom. You know, two years ago, we're all going to die in two weeks, right? And so what, did, you know, what that did to people, what that did to uh, just society as a whole was it, you know, cigarette sales. Okay, cigarette sales went up for the first time in 20 years. Beer sales over the summer of 2020 went up 400-something percent. And, you know, it just had this, the, 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 the fear of the unknown took so many people and their, you know, mental health went, went through the floor. They, you know, they, they coping mechanisms, uh, drinking, Not drugs. Just that. Overdoses. Overdoses, Overdoses too, yeah. last 100, year, 100,000, 100,000, yeah. more than ever before. Yep. There were more people died of overdoses last year than ever before. That's one of the untold effects of the lockdowns, of, of the crackdowns and everything. Right. If, and I mean, you, you ask Fauci about that. He say, oh, that's it's a it's casualty of war. It happens. Yeah. And in England, it was something some absurd number, too, uh, of like year over year increase of the amount of alcohol deaths where people were just, you know, getting plastered to death. In, you know, I think it was something like 70% increase of the previous year. And so that was on a, a, a hype. I don't want to say a hypothetical, but that was on a hypothetical that, oh, we're all at risk together in this, right? And then now what people are realizing is almost two years later, they're still standing, right? You know, life still hasn't gone back to normal. But there is a difference in that a majority of these people in, in, in trying to evade that, that, that the fear of that hypothetical went and took the vaccine and they, you know, they did it because they were told to, and because it was, it was, uh, you know, the right thing to do. And so yeah. now if it starts, you know, if it starts becoming too clear to cover that there are very real consequences coming from this, you know, now what is it going to do? What, how much further down is it going to bring the mental health of the populace if all of a sudden these people start realizing, you know, from maker to maker, you know, three main makers of the vaccine now, you know, if they say, well, this one, you know, we actually found out we really screwed up, you know, and you might just kick over. You might just, you know, you might yeah. develop some kind of, and so what is that going to do to the, you know, psyche of a nation where you have all of these, you know, if, if there was hopelessness in a hypothetical, what happens in the instance that, uh, you know, the hopelessness actually manifests in, 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 in dangerous consequences? And, and what is that going to look like? So it's, it's... Well, there's the other thing we didn't even mention. Suicides. Yeah. Suicides among children, adolescents, surged. In the summer of 2020, they were seeing a 22.3% spike in the number of child suicides between the ages of 12 and 17, a huge spike. And so they, they've crunched the numbers. They have crunched the numbers and they're trying to make it seem like suicides didn't increase. So they're, they're claiming that overall suicides decreased by 5%, even though more kids were committing suicide, more business owners were committing suicide, whatever. Yeah. They can't help themselves though, because if you put up my screen, we can't see it because the New York times forces you to log in. And yeah, they, really they dismiss that. that as fake news. Wow, that's incredible. No, they say U.S. suicides declined overall in 2020, but may have risen among people of color. Well, well, yeah, but so they're claiming <laughs> they're claiming that it declined for everyone, but people of color that those are the real victims. So they can't even help. They can't even help themselves. They lie about the data, but they say, "Oh no!" But people of color, they're the real victims. Which, by its on its own, African Americans, Hispanic Americans, typically 
historically have not been prone to committing suicide. No, generally it's white males, actually. Yeah. Generally and, uh, it's white men. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, one would, one would say, would they like, would the left like to take credit for that? I mean, I, I, I've seen the conditions of the city, the inner cities and, 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 and historically, you know, black and Hispanic communities get leveled by the riots and by, you know, you know, what the media tells you, and what the people on the street tell you, you know, completely different. But, you know, do they want, does the left want to take credit for this? That, you know, they, they, you burn down a, a person's world, you destroy them, you put them, you know, you, I mean, even, even in the cities alone, if, if you, if you lose your job, uh, that's when I got out of New York was that there was a point where if you get pulled out of your, your day-to-day life in New York, right, you spend most of your day out in the city, you know, engaging and you know, moving around, going to your job, getting, you know, everything is done outside throughout the boroughs. Yeah. And then you come back to your <laughs> uh, 10 by 12 room that you live Just in, leave you in, do it a, again. in a, in a 450 square foot place with two, three other people. And you do it, you know, do, but so you, you, you for, you force someone into that cubicle and say, well, you just got to stay here. We don't know how long it might be two weeks. Oh, yeah. And it's actually even what, 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 and I'd say this is how the city's really turned into not just, you know, the, the structured riots, but just the crime alone. People are like, people have lost their minds in the process. And that's why I left New York was I could not deal with sitting and like, I could not deal with, uh, the effect that that could have on my mental health of being just, you feel like a rat. And so I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I feel bad for these, these communities because they had everything taken away from them. And now they're like, so, I mean, they're probably going to try to, you know, say that suicide is some kind of white supremacy at this point because, or because of white supremacy. I, I could have never done New York because I mean, just in different parts of Manhattan, you can never really get away from the smell of piss. It was always there. Yeah. Every time you stepped in a puddle, you know that there was some piss there. Yeah. Smell of garbage, trash. Well, New York, uh, <laughs> as long as you stay, even in the financial district, you're walking through piss, and you don't really understand why. If you, and it's if not you, like that in any other major city. You can you go to the financial areas of Boston. You're not walking through human fecal matter. You're not walking through piss. It's always just been something that's been really weirding me out about New York City. The CD team should actually do a field trip to New York and just like do some live. Uh, Live walking the streets. It's a disaster. I mean, it used to be 14th Street. Oh, and, and south of 14th Street was, like, beautiful. And uh, the funny thing is, I was down um, I was down on Wall Street the last time I was in New York. And it's a ghost town because all those banks are all working from home. Like, Goldman Sachs has their tower on West Street. And they have probably 100,000 people between the whole complex. Like, the, the complex is working there. And they all, they're all work from home. And so it's this eerie uh, Mad Max ghost town feel to it. So it's and, like after 9-11. It's yeah, all, after 9/11, yeah, it really is. And then outside. all of these creatures crept down there. And, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a mess. It's a real mess. And, and I understand what you're saying where people, people live through the ridiculousness of overpaid apartments because they want to be in the city. They want to go out. They want to have friends. They have their job there. Oh, all of great. a sudden when you, no longer, when you no longer have the amenities of the city and you're just living in your crap apartment – you can understand why suicides increase, but I, I think it's it's really shameful that a five that they're celebrating a five percent decrease in suicides, which I don't believe. But they are now sounding the alarm because people of color are killing themselves at a higher rate. Nowhere near white men, so the white that, that's acceptable when a bunch of white men commit suicide. But the real headline here is that a couple more black people killed themselves, a couple more Hispanic people killed themselves. That's the real crisis. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's it's shameful journalism. It really, really is. Well, why don't you take that down, Mr. Producer? Um, last thing I, I want to go to before we end for today. Oh, I just lost it. Um, <laughs> there's a uh, a picture floating around. I don't know if this is real. I I, I can't believe this <laughs> is real. I can't believe you actually. I, this has to be photoshopped. If we go to image four, Mr. Producer, I think this is photoshopped. This has to be photoshopped. He just did an event. I don't think they would have let him out on the screen, but this is going around. And uh, I think it's hump? hilarious. Uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he was doing the event. Okay. I don't the think they let him out on the street. No, the gas, it's the an gas excellent thing's Photoshop definitely Photoshop. Um, but apparently he, he like burnt, burnt out in the car. And that's, you know, it's like 
It makes him look cool, like putting aviators on him. It's disgusting. Well, he's probably getting ready to bail out General Motors again. So, you know, Obama did it. He might as well do it, right? And listen, I'd love if my Wrangler was electric. Um, I wouldn't trust it to go off-road. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love to have an electric vehicle. It wouldn't be really um, – it wouldn't make sense because I have a lifted Jeep and I have big tires. It would be insane. If we get there, I'd love it. But to force people there – and you see that he's selling the uh, the strategic petroleum reserves. They're not putting them into America. Them the China. rumor is that they're selling them to China. Really? So, so that is dropping just the threat of, of selling from the uh, strategic petroleum reserves. Everyone, anyone who doesn't know, federal government has a stockpile of petroleum. They cycle it in and out because petroleum does have like an expiration date once it gets put into a barrel and, and processed. This is like for emergencies. And it's, it's supposed to, they're supposed to inject it into American refineries to drive the price of gas even lower. But instead, it's being sold overseas, so we're which is only having a too. minimal... It's only it's only having a minimal effect on American prices because obviously yeah. it's 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 causing them to re, uh, increase production and, and all that. But he's not even doing this right. He's not even he's not even selling from the petroleum reserves correctly. It's the whole thing is designed to destroy America. I mean, you you, you couldn't do more harm to the country if you tried it. This yeah, point. you know that, and that's the point where I've kind of lost my my patience with much of the mainstream on the right is that we're, you know, we're saying, well, 2024, you know, we'll get ready, you know, we'll do this, we'll do that. In 2024, what, what, there's beyond a certain point of, you know, negligence that, you know, there's incompetence and then there's, you know, intended negligence. And I mean, the things that have unfolded, check, you know, check everything off the list that's whole unfolded. This is, it, it, it is criminal and it's, it's a, to some degree, it, it's, it's a proxy war. Like this is being done on behalf of someone other than us. Like this is this is taking place. Oh yeah, no, he's, to he's be not the try to help us. Th th this is, you know, this is like having someone's. I, I don't. I don't even know the comparison to make. I mean, th these are all acts of a a multi-dimensional warfare. You know, of 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 how. I mean, the food prices, the gas prices everything, the way everything's headed. You know, if you're reading Cargill, you know, the Cargill CEO, and do you, I, I, we got to check on this, but one of the largest, and I think it's Cargill, one of the largest uh, meat processors, and if it's not Cargill, it's one of the other big brands. Check with this, Max. Cargill or one of them was just recently bought, like Cargill Pork or one of the big pork producers was just bought by a Chinese investment firm. And so now the Cargill CEO. I don't CEO, know if it was Cargill. What's, check, what's the big pork one? It's uh, Smithfield. Smithfield. Who's Smithfield? Smithfield. I Smithfield, think Smithfield was bought by China. I think so. Well, uh, it, I, well, I saw something like that yesterday. Anyway, the, the CEO of Cargill comes out and says, "Yeah, uh, we have to not think uh, that inflation is transitory, and that food prices are going to be, you know, much more than they've always been for, you know, the unforeseen future." And so it's these, you know, what it, what did the British do to the colonies? that started this, uh, the Revolutionary War. They strangled them on everything. They strangled them on all supply lines, on, on, on anything that was coming in that they didn't have themselves. They just turned it off. And that is exactly, yeah. historically speaking, and it's not just the Revolutionary War here, it, it's, it, historically speaking, it's every, you know, what they, what they, they burned Carthage and, and, and burned it to the ground and, and covered it in salt. Uh, you know, salt so things, so, things of that nature, and it's, you know, what point in which we're now selling our fuel reserves to an adversary and we're going to bear the brunt of it. You know, gas is nearing $5 a gallon <laughs> in, in some states. And it's a classic Biden thing. Like, we're selling the gas to China. Congratulations. You, I just lowered it 2%. Congratulations. Right. Your, your, your hot dogs for 4th of July are two cents cheaper. So they have it's, this, it's the same deal. They have this dancing monkey, and Joe Biden is this dancing monkey fool. And they have him dancing on stage, and it's like, you know, this really sad attempt at branding, like, your, you know, cute, bumbling grandfather uh, as he destroys everything around you. And so it, I, from the establishment on the right, uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that 
I'm sick and tired of hearing about it when it comes to, oh, well, you know, we will fix this. Like, you know, all the, the, the just the generic accounts on Instagram that, you know, we'll, we'll do this, we'll get there, you know, Trump 2024. And it's like, there's going to be nothing left. <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, yeah. you're not even, gas, you're going to have to take a mortgage out to fill your car up to go vote next uh, next election. Like, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to put collateral down to, to, to buy gas to go vote next uh, election. So it's, it's, it's really, really disgusting and a shame. And uh, it really is. Well, we are out of time, Jake. And you wear many hats here at Conserve Daily. You are our resident vaccine mandate expert. You're also our resident communist banker expert. Oh. Saul Omarova is before She's the banking peach. committee right now. She is. Yeah. Um, so we probably we don't have time to talk about it today, but definitely want to bring you back as that advances, if it advances, because she is pretty much as bad as it comes. Um, so we're going to keep watching that and we'll let you guys know what's going on with Biden's communist banker, Saul Amarova later. Well, thank you, Jake, for, for filling in, stopping by. Thank That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like it, make sure you subscribe. Auto edition, all those links are in the description. You know the gist. We go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. So tune in for that. If you need a little help, a little reminder, text the word freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system. You've heard it all before, but it's very important to do it. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. I'm Jake Freo. And remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.